Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior and accomplished professional from Cyprus, Kate Sotsenko. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, Ashutosh. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Kate is a productivity coach, and she's the founder of The Good Busy Playbook. So, Kate, before we talk about coaching and the Good Busy Playbook, tell me about your own journey and the scope of work you handle at the Good Busy Playbook. Sure. Um, So I actually have about 15 years of corporate experience. I used to work in retail and hospitality, mostly luxury retail and hospitality. Mm -hmm. Uh, My background, my professional background is in CRM and CX, which is client relationship management and client experience. But I've done training all my life and I loved train training people and about four years ago I would say so I discovered coaching thanks to my manager at the time so coaching for me because I played tennis for 10 years coaching for me was very much linked to sports in the Mm -hmm. time and then when she introduced me I understood that coaching in the executive world in the business world starts with questions Mm -hmm. I love asking questions I used to ask a lot of questions in the past and sort of it's it kind of was a fit for me Mm -hmm. uh, the right fit and I got my coaching degree, my um, my training uh, in coaching, and then I decided to proceed on my own. So last year, end of last year, I started my own company, um, and I'm currently based in Cyprus, and I'm the founder and basically the consultant, the trainer, and the executive coach, everything. How wonderful. <laughs> How wonderful. So uh, let's talk about the Good Busy Playbook. What, in your view, are some of the effective strategies for managing time and prioritizing tasks? I think the number one strategy that I recommend to everybody is to start with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a very, very simple one, but it is a step that we very often forget. And then we start doing tasks right away. I call it, we start playing right away. So we click the button, we start doing, 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 Mm -hmm. but we don't feel good about it because we never come to an end right we Mm. never get to the destination why is that it's because simply we've never um, decided from the very beginning Mm. where we wanted to get in the first place so this is sort of the number one place that I would recommend to start because it gives the direction to our busyness Mm. and it allows us to really start with the task and prioritize the tasks Mm -hmm. that are relevant to the outcome that we want to achieve the second technique that I, uh, it's not even a technique. I think that this is, um, it surprises me a lot. It's the calendar. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't use the calendar mm-hmm. and it still surprises me today. Um, many people in the workplace use the calendar strictly for meetings. So mm-hmm. we either schedule meetings mm-hmm. or we accept meetings. Mm-hmm. Whereas in reality, calendar is what I call our time bank. You know, like, for example, why we value money more than we value time is because we can see money, we can touch money. Mm -hmm. At the end of the month, we have our bank statement where we know exactly where it goes. Mm -hmm. So we can't actually manage if something that we don't measure in the first Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. So calendar is a way uh, for us to be aware, where do we spend our time? So my recommendation is the most famous technique is time boxing. So I put 
time blockers in my own calendar for everything that I want. Mm -hmm. And then I create also a system of boundaries with myself because we know that life happens. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that time boxing actually allows you a lot of flexibility because then you can understand what is that you can actually move and what is that you need to prioritize. And this is this has to stay. Mm -hmm. So I think if we already start with the end in mind and we actually use the calendar and make the good use of it, we can already, you know, crave for ourselves much more time that we have today. How wonderful. What a great example. And I love your example of the calendar. You know, I've been using the calendar for the last 30 years between Microsoft and now Google. And Google gives you the advantage of keeping everything, color coding your calendar. Absolutely. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> So my next question to you, Kate, is that uh, how can individuals overcome procrastination and boost their productivity? Well, I'll start with the same answer as before yeah, okay. with the with the two, right? So it's with what is the end? What what is sort of what do you want? I think this is a question that a lot of people have difficulties to answer today. When I work with clients, for example, they we start with discussing the situation that they have today, the status quo. And my next question is usually, okay, what do you want instead? And this is where they get blocked because they've never thought of what they do they actually want. Mm -hmm. So I call it, you know, in coaching, we call it coaching conversation. Of course, when you have a conversation with your client, so the coach asks questions and the client answers or the coachee answers. But I also invite everyone to have conversations with their with themselves. Mm -hmm. Within ourselves, we we have two people that leave. And I usually say one that we see and the, the other one that we hear in our head. Mm -hmm. So usually the procrastination happens because the two are misaligned. Mm -hmm. So when we learn to have the conversation uh, between this person two and the person, uh, person one and person two, sorry, then we find this alignment and it becomes easier to understand what we actually want. Mm -hmm. So this is for me, the first part. The second part is that there are studies that shown that our procrastination is actually an emotion problem, not mm -hmm. a time management problem. Okay. So there are a lot of tasks and I even everybody procrastinates, you know, and they say those who, who say that they don't, they are lying. So I do procrastinate as well. And I know exactly what are my triggers. Mm -hmm. So for me, for example, if the task is boring, it is definitely something that I don't like doing. So I need to find an, an antidote. So what will make this task a little bit more exciting? So mm -hmm. the way I operate, for example, is that I schedule blockers for very, very boring tasks mm -hmm. in the prime productivity of my day so that this is where I sort of have the most energy, the most attention so that I can finish this task as soon as, soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And other emotions that we potentially could be dealing with is, for example, when the task is very difficult, mm -hmm. when the task is unstructured. So for me, for example, the difficult tasks, what I do, I like to ask for help. So I go and ask people, can you teach me? Can you show mm -hmm. me how to do that? Mm -hmm. Because um, looking for the answers on my own, it become, it makes it even more difficult. So then I'll tend to probably procrastinate even more. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you find sort of the emotion that um, triggers their procrastination, then you can work with it and find the ways to deal with it, to find what I call the antidote mm. to that. Well said. Great response. And one of the ch challenges, of course, you said is procrastination. But what are some of the other productivity challenges you have encountered when you work with teams? Well, number one is time. Yeah. 
Right. So this is what everybody craves. Uh, everybody craves more time. And I think that the reason we crave more time is also because we don't understand that we actually have a lot of time is the how we use the time. And coming back to the calendar, this is one of the best ways to sort of understand and get at the end of the month, your time bank statement, right? When you see where you're, you're standing, uh, spending time. Asana has done quite a number of researches to show that more than 50% of our time at work is spent on work about work, right? It's the follow-ups, is the organization of the tasks, it's looking for files and all of that. So generally, you know, um, organization and sort of discipline sounds very, very boring to people. But I think that if you want to have more time, you must embrace the organization and discipline mm -hmm. because nobody likes spending time looking for, for files, for example. Right. But this is by my, Microsoft has named this number one obstacle to productivity this year, which is, you know, in 2023, with all the tools that we have, we're still struggling to find files in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So I think that time is the number one resource. Mm -hmm. The second, obviously, for the teams and the managers are generally the human resources, right? Mm -hmm. Because the work is piling up. And when the work is piling up, we either do it ourselves. So obviously then there is the, the obstacle of time or we need to find somebody to do to do the work for us, which mm -hmm. is which becomes another challenge. Mm -hmm. So I think this is here. There is a misconception of role of productivity, that productivity is about doing everything. It's about feeding as many things as possible in our day. But for me, productivity is about just getting the most important things done. And I think that the more questions we ask ourselves, the more conversations we have with ourselves, with the team, the more we will understand that, you know, these are the tasks that should not be done at all. So these are the things that we must stop doing. And these are the, the things that we need to focus on. So I think it's, it's the questions that are missing today for us to kind of navigate through these challenges that we encounter in our day-to-day in the office. Well said, thank you. And what, in your view, is the role of effective communication uh, when it comes to increasing productivity? It's huge. It's very important. And um, when I, I spent a lot of time on LinkedIn today, I'm very active on LinkedIn, and I um, see a lot of posts talking about the importance of listening, active listening. And I absolutely agree. But I always say that listening starts with a question. Right. So even to take our example today, um, I appreciate you listening to my answers. Right. And I appreciate the listeners listening to the answers, but there wouldn't be any answer if there was no question. Right. right. So I think that the skill that we are trying to cultivate today is listening. But I think that the first skill that we not need to nurture and invest in is asking questions. And so the communication for me is actually starts with asking questions listening, then potentially reflecting back, and then asking question again, listening, mm -hmm. reflecting back. And this 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 is the communication on repeat. So it plays a huge role because the more questions we we ask in the workplace, mm -hmm. the more we will understand why do we do what we do? Because one of the reasons, for example, one of the emotions to address procrastination mm -hmm. is meaningless tasks. When we don't think that something that takes away our time, takes away our resources, our potential, creates meaning, creates value. We don't want to do it. Right. Right. So asking those questions 
is very important to understand the meaning of every single task. And when I was working with my team in, in the past, I used to teach them a lot to ask the questions to others whenever they received a meeting invitation without an agenda, without any point. So the first thing is not to accept. The first thing is reach out. What is the purpose of the meeting? What do I need to prepare? What is the agenda? Right. So the, all these questions will help us to, to save a lot of time. And this is for me is communication, but it starts with a question, not with listening. Great response. My next question is that how can team leaders encourage and foster a culture of productivity amongst their teams? That's a very, uh, very good question. Um, I don't think that I will reveal a big secret here, but uh, leadership of a team starts with self-leadership. So, um, as mentioned earlier, there are two people that live in us, number one and number two. So if we can't manage, you know, the two people that live in us, we can't manage others. Mm. So, and I always think that the best way people learn, and this is, I think, the most efficient way to create change is to lead by example. Again, nothing new. But I think we actually need to take action. Mm. I think there are two, two, there are two reasons for this. Um, we learn by observation since we were kids, right? We learned how to walk or do, do stuff or other things, other skills by observing others because we observe, we learn, we imitate, we copy, and that's, that's how it goes. That's how we develop a skill. Generally in the workplace, also people who are, um, at a certain uh, level of hierarchy, we look up to them, right? So if they do something, we think that's right. So then, you know, organically, we're going to start imitating them and, and copy. So I think this is very important. So whatever behavior we want to see in the team, it's very important to mirror that behavior. A lot of leaders, in my experience in, in the past when I worked, um, say words like, my team is not productive. Mm -hmm. But I always say we are part of the team. Mm -hmm. We can't be separate from the team. Mm -hmm. So it's very important if you think that your team is not productive, the first person that you need to look at is yourself. And you need to see, to understand what is it that you are doing? What is it that you are mirroring mm -hmm. that is not making um, our, I mean, your team um, productive? Mm -hmm. So I think that this is, this is a crucial, a crucial part because we respond to uh, what we see, right? So our eyes generally are, are the ones that are in, invite us to take action, right? And I think the second part is um, emotions are contagious, mm -hmm. right? And I think that productive people generally are very optimistic. They are very positive. They're generally happy people, as Brian Tracy says, happiness and productivity, they, they are linked. Mm -hmm. So I think that, again, it's very important to see what emotions do we project? What emotions do we do we value in the team? Mm -hmm. What emotions do we support? And so, because everything is contagious. And I think this is, these are the two ways for me, the leaders overall can sort of nurture that culture of productivity in the team. Very interesting, thank you. My next question is that how can team leaders leverage data and analytics to make informed decisions and drive productivity? That's a very good question. Um, there, I met 
uh, I've encountered very, very few companies who track productivity. There are different ways you can track productivity because it depends on your industry, sort of on, on, on your needs, on the purpose of tracking, right? But overall, I think the whole productivity is linked to the time aspect of it. And when companies implement time trackers, there is a very negative response. Yeah. But I think it's the reason for this is because there is a lack of transparency for the time tracking. When the time tracking is implemented for the benefit of both the company and the teams, the employees, then the teams can see what is the potential outcome that comes comes out of it, right? What is what what's it for them so for example in i worked on a big project last year consultancy project and we tracked the time because the team was working almost until midnight every single day which was absolutely not normal but i couldn't help without understanding where the time goes right so we've implemented a system mm -hmm. to track their time mm -hmm. so that we can see where they are putting their time and finally where when we understood we could address each issue one by one mm -hmm. and eliminate the things that were not needed and for example invest in skills that were needed in mm -hmm. order to help them to be a little bit more efficient in their work right but so i think that the analytics can really help but we need to be extremely transparent with the reason why we are implementing certain initiatives and even better involve the team in there to say, well, we are doing it for the sake of the team. What can we do? How can we track? What can we learn? Very interesting. My next question to you is uh, about distractions at work. You know, given the digital age that we are in, uh, given the bombardment of so much information all the time, what in your view are some strategies for managing and reducing distractions uh, yeah. to enhance or increase productivity? Going back again to calendar. Mm. <laughs> so... Um, the reason why we often sort of go back to our phone or sort of try to browse on the internet is, again, because our calendar that is not filled. Mm -hmm. And when I say filled, it doesn't mean that we need to do something, but you we can man schedule time for procrastination as well and for browsing, right? So, um, but whenever we don't have anything, our brain doesn't receive a cue, what do we need to do? So without no knowing, then what do we do? We just start browsing, right? Then the second thing for me is, do we actually need an app for every single thing? We don't. Mm -hmm. There are so many apps that we have on our phone that we rarely use in a year. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is Marie Kondo. So you go through your phone and you remove the apps that you haven't used for months. Mm -hmm. Then the next one, obviously, remove notifications. I think that I always believe that the most important news will always find you. Mm -hmm. So don't let the news, don't let the apps control you, but rather, you know, you should be in charge of them. Mm -hmm. And the one that I always recommend is invest time in self-awareness, in understanding why are you drawn to uh, a distraction, a, a specific distraction, rather than adding additional tools that you can be addicted to. Mm. So for example, there are a lot of apps that helps uh, help us to focus, right? That help minimize the time on the phone. Mm. But for me, you're we are adding this way, an addiction on the addiction <laughs> instead. So mm. I believe that the most powerful app that we have is our brain. Mm. And that's what we need to learn 
invest time uh, and effort to understand. Because if we understand how we function, we can actually mitigate all this distraction with other tools and develop really the, the, the qualities within us that have the probably the biggest return on investment that we can get. Amazing. The other aspect, Kate, I wanted to get your perspective on is the way this whole work paradigm is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hybrid work, uh, remote work, work from home or whatever. How do leaders manage productivity when so much of so many of their team members may choose to work from home? Another great question. So I think um, generally, I think there is no black and white. I think there are a lot of shades of gray. And again, uh, a lot of there is a lot of debate going on. Is it better to be flexible? Is it better to be always remote or in the office? I think that we can't find one solution that fits all. Mm. Right. It's it. We just need to understand what works. But in the same company, in the same industry, two teams can work absolutely in a, in a different way. Um, I'll give you one example from my previous company. I used to work for um, a watch retailer. So I was in marketing, in sales. So I could be on the go and I could still do my job from home. I was traveling before the pandemic every two weeks and I was doing my, my work on the go. So my team was used to work remotely with me right. because I was always away. But production, they couldn't do that. So we can, you know, there we always talk about that, but in reality, there are is it's it's not black and white. We just need to look in there. And the second most important thing is that um when pandemic started, we probably did the same mistake we do normally in the office. We didn't prepare people for being productive at home and how to work from home or how to work remotely. Yes, many people had experience with that, but many people haven't. So by giving Zoom, you know, and the tools or Teams, for example, that's not preparation. That's not training. A lot of people struggle today working from home because they they don't know how to separate the, you know, the work and the home life, right? And it's the same for the manager coming back to your question, how to manage this is the same thing. It's because they've never been trained. They don't know how to address uh, you know, certain aspects of working from home of how to, for example, when somebody was in the office at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. in the past, you, would, you just normally talk to him and you work. But now that person is at home, maybe there is a boundary to respect. So I think it's all about training and education and learning and um, for companies to invest and help people to actually learn because we're not born um, with skills. We need to learn. And this is new for us. Fantastic. Great response. And my last question to you, Kate, and this is for um, so many people who will listen to our conversation. Um, Can you share any success stories of leaders who have successfully optimized uh, their own time and managed their productivity to reclaim time? Sure. Um, I have uh, one person that comes to mind. So she's a senior um, senior manager in a beauty beauty company. So she came to me again with procrastination issue with um, she's a new manager. So she has a team of three or four people, if I remember correctly. So she has never been prepared for the role. So she felt um a little bit overwhelmed with 
how to manage the team, how to manage the work, then, you know, with all the procrastination and all this difficulty that we were going through, you know, now remote, not remote, etc. So what we've done with her, we sort of worked on helping her to take one step at a time. We helped her. We worked a lot on building the skill of asking questions. And she, for example, shared with me that it improved a lot her relationship with the team. And she felt much more comfortable allowing the team to represent the team in the meetings and for hers to step down. So this is the way one of the ways she reclaimed her own time. Another thing, for example, in her office, I'm sorry, in her home office, we also looked around what were the triggers of procrastination. One of the exercises that I always invite people to do is to take a picture of their workspace because we don't realize how much the environment that we work in actually impacts our thoughts and the feelings toward work. And what she realized is that she had a lot of unpacked boxes because she moved a couple of months ago. And she said that these boxes gave her a lot of anxiety because she didn't want to unpack them. And so when she finally unpacked, she texted me that her, even the moment she did it and she looked at her desk again, it changed completely the way she felt about work. Mm. So it's already, again, saving that time on procrastination and actually doing doing the work already saved her um, also a lot of time. Mm. And the last thing, again, coming back to the questions, uh, learning to ask questions herself, mm. she realized that she was doing much more before than she actually had to. Mm. But by asking the right questions, she mm. decreased the number of tasks that were on her plate, but still was managed to achieve the great outcomes, you know, based on her performance. Amazing. So, yeah. What a great story. But Kate, on that note, you know, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Um, our entire conversation has been filled with so many different examples and such wonderful lessons. And I did make a note of a few. First one you said was start with the end in mind. That is so critical. Second, you said, well, use the calendar. Third, you said, I learned to ask the right questions. Because only when you ask the right questions, will you get the right answers. And then you also said, you know, remove so many apps and notifications from your phone because the best apps are in your brain. Thank you for speaking to me about your own journey. Thank you for speaking to me about the Good Busy Playbook. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of productivity. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you, Ashutosh. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.